There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Tea with HB is for everyone who dreams of a better world. Together, let's brew a new reality. Hello, welcome back to Tea with HB. It's season two and we've got a new microphone. The sun is shining and although this season has been delayed for so many reasons, I am so happy to be sharing it with you now. Today we are talking about what makes you, you. So take a sip of water, relax your jaw, relax your eyebrows, straighten your posture if you need to, take a deep breath with me and let's get into it. Today I am recommending a cup of lavender tea. It's a new tea I've discovered recently and since we're talking about what makes us us, which is quite a deep topic, it's nice to start with something relaxing and it's a good way to start the beginning of a new series. Identity. Noun. The fact of being who or what a personal thing is. The etymology of the word identity originates from the Latin word ascentitas, which means being, and identidem, which means repeatedly. Thus your identity, semantically at least, is literally your repeated beingness. How we label ourselves relies on our repeated actions. For example, you don't need to be a writer in order to write, but you do need to write again and again in order to call yourself a writer and have any credibility. Our self-image is determined by our thoughts. The more we attach a thought or action to our identity, the more difficult it is to change it. Who you are is what you do. For instance, if we label ourselves as a bookworm, it is easier to read lots of books as it fits with our narrative. If we tell someone, I'm sugar-free, rather than saying, I am trying to eat less sugar, they'll be less likely to convince us to eat the pastries. In philosophical terms, however, identity is a lot more murky. As we live, nothing about us stays the same, so our identity is tricky to identify. Especially since, technically speaking, our lives are void of repetition or consistency. Our minds develop as we age. Our body, cells, skin, opinions replace themselves as we grow. So the question, who am I, much like every question asked ever, does not have a simple answer. Socially speaking, if we were to introduce ourselves, we might talk about our hobbies, careers, sexual identity or religious affiliations. But to label oneself as something like Christian is not a clear-cut solution to defining who we are, as there are several different types of Christians, and depending on consumption of media and who we talk to, there are stigmas and stereotypes attached to labels like gay or disabled or Christian. So how useful are these social categories in explaining to a stranger who we are? 
For some people, labels make them feel comfortable or are a stepping stone to discovering something new about themselves. So labels themselves are not so unhelpful that they should not exist. But considering the fact that everything is fluid, a spectrum, nothing stays the same, I have always found it strange to box myself using words in this fashion. I believe that a more accurate answer to our identity can be found in our actions rather than the words we use to label ourselves. How we spend our time, the music we listen to, who we were raised by and how, and the social structures we are bound to depending on culture, workplace, school and home, give a much better idea of who we are than any label like female, disabled, white, ever could. There is no doubt that external concepts like the gender binary, neurotypicality and age all impact how we choose to identify, and also how we are treated. Then there are internal factors that we have little to no control over, that can sometimes even put us in danger. Our sexual orientation, the colour of our skin, our mental and physical abilities, and these too impact how we identify as well as how we are identified by other people. What fascinates me about this is that depending on where you are in the world and the people you are surrounded by, you will be seen differently for these traits. You will be treated differently. Pain isn't who I am, but it dictates the way society treats me and my ability to do and achieve the things I want to. I live in a capitalist country where worth is measured by how productive I am, and anything that impedes my ability to perform defines who I am, especially to other people. Therefore, although pain is not part of my identity, it is one of my identities. It's something I'm identified by. Labels are not just vague, they are limiting. For instance, due to unconscious bias, which is the term for underlying attitudes and stereotypes that people unknowingly attribute to another person, labels can actually prevent us from engaging with each other in healthy ways. Say you met someone who you had been told beforehand was disabled. Some people would unconsciously try to avoid speaking to that person because of preconceived ideas about disability. They may feel uncomfortable because they have made assumptions about what disability means, and that will affect how they engage with disabled people, and even result in them not engaging at all, and therefore leaving that event without changing their attitude. When I use a wheelchair, many people don't talk to me. Not only that, but being visibly disabled suddenly means they won't make eye contact with me, and will even go so far as directing a question about me to my partner or mother, rather than me. Depending on a number of factors, this same discomfort can crop up with other labels, like not wanting to talk to a gay person because your pastor has told you that being gay is contagious. That might seem wild to you, and that just shows how different each of our experiences are, but the person who thinks being gay is contagious may be labelled a homophobe, and the person who will not make eye contact with me in a wheelchair may be labelled ableist, and whilst their behaviour on this occasion may fit those labels, it is not who they are. It is not their identity. Nobody is all good or all bad. We are all human, complicated and varied and growing. I feel that labels are outdated in this world, because we should want to get to know each other better so we can gain a better understanding of different identities as well as ourselves. Labels can just be misleading. They aren't necessarily inaccurate or wrong. It is just that human beings are more complex than that. There's more to us than could ever be labelled. Cancel culture uses labels as if that's all people are, all they will ever be. But as long as we mindlessly label people who disagree with us or treat us poorly as racist, transphobic, ableist, we will continue to see them as monsters who have no hope of changing. And that is simply not true. Of course, it is not an obligation to educate everyone we come across. In fact, on the internet, I see very little point in attempting that ever. 
My point is, we all have internal biases, but we shouldn't be judged on them alone because we are all in a process of becoming. Our identities change over time, and whilst versions of yourself might no longer exist in your memory, they are no less real. For example, the you who bullied someone may no longer exist, but the memory and impact of that bullying does. It might not be a part of your identity anymore, but it is still a part of somebody else's. So search beyond the semantics of labelling and try to understand where and how this person who you disagree with or is bullying you has formed their opinion. Because without dismissing their negative impact, the majority of the time, they, just like you, just like me, think that their actions and words are coming from a good place. We have far more things in common than we realise, and I am a believer that common ground can always be found and will create a better and safer conversation for all of us. We have many identities. We have our childhood self, the person we are at school or in front of our grandparents, and for some of us they may look much more similar than others, but they are all facets of who we are. It only feels right to end this episode, the first of season two, with a quote from a person who has had a huge part in forming my own identity, Taylor Swift. I want to be defined by the things that I love, not the things that I hate, not the things that I'm afraid of, not the things that haunt me in the middle of the night. I just think that you are what you love. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can leave me a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You can also find me on Patreon, Instagram and YouTube. And for more, check out my newsletter and website www.twithhb.com. Thank you for staying with me until the end of the episode. To show my appreciation, here's a preview of next week's episode, Personality, with radio and TV presenter Vic Hope. This is why representation matters, because I don't see myself on TV or in films or in books, people who look like me or had a similar background or, or were all these kind of multifaceted things that I, I, I am now proud to be. Um, so when you don't see it, you think you can't be it. Um, you can't be what you can't see. So it took me a while to then be like, actually, no, if I carve my own route by being myself, the person I truly authentically am, then other little girls won't feel that way, hopefully. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.